And good afternoon to another edition of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. This is a Podcast Quincy Podcast. So that's when you search for the podcast, by the way, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Apple iTunes or you know Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store or wherever you get it, a Spotify, anywhere. It's, we're on all of the major platforms. You want to make sure that you, and iHeartRadio as well, just search for Podcast Quincy. Don't search for City View, search for Podcast Quincy. That's how it was labeled in the beginning, and that's my fault, Mayor. Once again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mark Carey, his media director, for now anyway, and in his office, with his honor, his honor, Mayor Tom Coke. How are you, Mayor? What did you have for lunch? I just had a- I uh, worked up there. A goodie special. I just went to a store across the street. They make great sandwiches. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it was really good. I'll have to try one of those. <laughs> had a lot of caffeine in it, apparently. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing On this well. Friday afternoon, we've got lots to talk about today, but a couple of things we want to go over. Let's just get right into it, and uh, I'm not sure how long this podcast is going to be. On a Friday afternoon is when we're recording this, um, uh, but we want to talk about, and we did talk about this last week, the pension obligation bond, but as it relates to the budget, we want to go there first. Sure. So if you don't sure. mind, again, it's rinse, repeat, as you've always said, we got to keep putting the information out there, and and hearing it from the source is the way to hear it. Sure. So let me walk through the, the pension obligation bond. The city of Quincy retirement system, which is partially funded by employees and partially funded by the city. So every employee pays X amount out of their check. Now, older employees, it might be a lesser percentage today. It's about 11%, 9% in the first, 30,000, 2% on top of that. So every week, every employee pays X amount towards their pension. So that has that has increased the ratio over the years, that number, because the old days it were like 4%, 5% they contribute out of their paycheck. So it's far more aggressive, and rightfully so, because it's a defined pension plan. Um, so essentially each year when I prepare the municipal budget, I look at two uh, parts of the budget first. What is the increase going to be in health insurance? And what is the increase going to be, what is the bill going to be from our retirement system to the city of Quincy? Those are the first two I look at, and that has great implication on the rest of the budget. Because if that eats up so much of the pie, that's less you can spend on teachers and policemen and firemen and so forth. So uh, July 1st, that number of about $32 million will go up to $36 million. That's the bill from the retirement system. We're obligated to pay. There's no discussion, negotiation. It's the law. And so uh, we go up by $4 million in the new fiscal year until it's fully funded in right now the schedule says to through 2037 that schedule has changed a few times over time so under the law that may change again it could be extended out further to allow the system to you know fully fund it so what we began to do in last fall is i asked my municipal finance team to take a close look get a hold of our consultants our financial advisors all the experts to look at whether it was feasible to float a bond, essentially take on debt to fully fund the system. And the idea would be that the payment for the debt would be far less than what we're paying each year right now on the bill from the retirement system. So it's, it's much like, uh, in some ways, refinancing your house, right? Um, you get this rate, you get some outstanding debt, you refinance, you put the debt into it, you, you, you refinance the, the numbers, and you get, a le- you get a lesser rate, so you're paying less every month. You've dealt with the debt. Now you have a straight payment uh, each month that what you're paying, and it's less. Yeah. So if people, I know a lot of people can 
connect with that because yeah. I, I know a lot of homeowners who've refinanced a number of times, whether it's consolidating debt, whether doing work on the house, whatever the case may be. And in these historic times, historic as far as interest rates being so low, it makes so much sense to do that right now. Now, Worcester has done it. Brockton has done it. Brockton's looking to do it again. Andover's looking at it. Plymouth County's looking at it. There are states and cities all across the country looking to do this as we discuss this. So we looked at, did all the analysis on it, and essentially it's a significant savings each year. So part of that savings would go toward the budget, and another part of the savings would go towards reserve, which obviously our outside financial advisors would like to see us build up more into a what people at home would relate to as a savings account, you know, that, that nest egg. Case of emergency, there's something to go to. So uh, we had to tap the reserve this past year because of the pandemic and uh, making some decisions last fall about the taxes and trying not to lay people off, we, we tapped the reserve. So that reserve needs to be built up again. So a portion of the savings would go to that, a portion would go to offset to help our budget going forward, um, you know, We've got a very robust school system, very healthy school system. It's very, it's got good grades, no pun intended, from the state, from D.C., on how a system responds to uh, absolutely everything. Our, our graduation rate is higher than the state average. Our drop rate, dropout rate is lower than the state average. We do very well with our MCAS at various levels. I mean, there's always room for improvement, but our size of the classes are very, very manageable, so the teacher... Uh, pupil ratio is small. I mean, I could go across the board. The fact is we have a great school system, and it costs money. Uh, we have a lot of kids uh, also through our special needs programs and so forth. English is a second language. We, we try to meet all the demands of our families today. So that's expensive. You know, we have a first-class police and fire department, and we're, we've committed the last few years to keep those numbers up. Uh, to full complement. And um, it's difficult because you get retirements on a regular basis. Uh, so we're constantly chasing our tail to some degree. But, but we have outstanding fire departments. We, we have bought new apparatus. We bought new cruises. We're uh, obviously in the process now of building a brand new public safety headquarters to meet the demand of today's needs, both for the public and for our personnel that serve in our fire and police departments. Um, so, that, you know, it, we're a big city. It costs money. To run a city, we have uh, great parks, great libraries. Uh, public Works is very responsive. We're getting a lot of street work done, sidewalk work done. Uh, we we have it's outstanding services and rubbish collection and plowing. And, you know, really, I, I, I'm proud of the management of our team, the department heads, the managers, the work the employees do each and every day. Uh, I'm not suggesting we're perfect, uh, but um, I think we're as good or better than any community in Massachusetts in providing services very efficiently to the taxpayers. And we are, some people complain about taxes, and I get it, And but if you do the comparison, we're right in the middle of the pack. We have the best services in Massachusetts, and I don't care who you can try to compare it to. And we're in the middle of the pack on what you pay for taxes. That's a pretty good damn ratio yeah, if, you, if you ask me. So there are a lot of communities that, yeah, pay far less taxes, and they have far less services. Some places you've got to pay extra to get your rubbish picked up. I mean, there's all kinds of fees they charge and so forth. So, so I'm proud of what we're doing and proud of the work the employees do. So this uh, savings would be tremendous in helping us going forward to mitigate some of those tax increase needs for keeping up the services that we know and enjoy as a city. So it's a, it's a great program. It makes perfect sense. It sounds like a lot of money because it is a lot of money. But if you, if you look at the issue, and this is what the experts tell me, look, 
that's an unfunded liability sitting on your ledger. So you get, you get knocked for that. You're putting this debt on the books, you get knocked for that. But you're dealing with the unfunded liability, creating a savings. So from their viewpoint, it's a little bit of a wash because you got, now you got the debt, but before you had the unfunded debt, <laughs> so to speak, now we've reduced the debt by doing this, just much like I said, refinancing your home and trying to consolidate a lot of things and getting a lower rate and a lower monthly payment. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. We're going to sig- save significantly each year. The first year, it's, I think it's like 16 to $17 million, and then each year after that, it's 8 or $9 million a year. So I don't know what the hesitation would be. I know it's a big number. Uh, I know the council's got to do their due diligence, and I hope they do it soon because we're dealing with the city budget at the same time. And, um, you know, I've had conversations with several of them. I know our municipal finance directors had conversations with several of them. I know that um, uh, Cindy McNerney from Southwest and Hilltop, she's one of the outside consultants, has suggested this is the right way to go for Quincy. She's uh, one of the experts in the industry. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense, and I understand those questions, and we want to make sure we have all those questions answered so the councils are comfortable with this going forward. But people need to understand this is an obligation we owe. There's no if, if, if. This is we owe it. So restructuring it, we're paying it. To save a lot of money. we're paying less and saving money. We're doing it. Yes. And how it benefits police, fire, and and education. is Well, they're the biggies in the budget, right? So they're the big three. We always refer to the big three, schools, police, and fire. I mean, DPW is no slouch either, but those are the bigger departments that eat up more of the the dollars. And rightfully so. That's probably typical in any community. Uh, In fact, if you look at the budget, I know that some have criticized me that if you look at the school budget, the percentage of it is the city budget, it's not as big as some other communities, but some other communities actually charge the school department, the health insurance, and other things. We don't. We eat it in as well as the rest of the city in one uh, department in HR. We provide all kinds of services to the school department that other departments pay for in their budget. So technically, if you added those all up, it's over 50% that's dedicated to schools. So it's, that's a pretty significant number. We're way over the foundation level of what the state suggests you should be funding locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're way over that number. Uh, so so anyway, um, this is a good program. I hope the council sees the wisdom in it and does the right thing. And the budget has to be passed by the end of June, correct? That's the law, correct. We, we submit it uh, usually sometime in the middle of May. They have 45 days to act. They have to act by the end of June under state law. Uh, cities and towns have to have a balanced budget. It's um, it's not like the federal government. We can ask and print more money. It, it is what it is. Uh, and the state, of course, they're going through their process. Sometimes they approve a temporary one or two month budget till they get the whole thing finished up. Uh, but you know, we really don't have that luxury at, at the local level. So we go through it every year. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not like it's councils that have been around for a while. They understand it. They know each year. It's not like we're starting from scratch. It's it's basically the same. Certainly the same categories, same departments. There's a little tweaking here or there. And this year, a big tweak would be the debt service to to pay the obligation bond for the pension system, which would be a savings in the end in the budget. Well, great. Let's shift gears. Uh, thank Sounds you again good. for... <laughs> that's such a fun, sexy topic to uh, talk about. How many of you have tuned us out already? <laughs> no, not at all. So uh, very important information that we need to keep sharing as much as we possibly can. Anyway, uh, talk. it's been a great week weather-wise, and it started off with a great uh, Memorial Day uh, sort of... Um, not celebration, but a Memorial Day event that we had at Wallace Cemetery. 
Mount Wellison Cemetery. Yes. Uh, and actually, Monday was the better of the three-day weekend because yeah, Saturday and Sunday were brutal, rainy and cold. But it held off and let up on Monday, so it was great. So we didn't have the parade, but we had a beautiful, solemn exercise at Mount Wollaston where we do each year. There's a platform there by the World War II Memorial. People probably don't realize there's several memorials there, the Civil War Memorial, the World War I, World War II, Korean, Vietnam. Uh, we're working on one to those folks from the Persian Gulf, Iraq, and Afghanistan that will be added to that place. But it's really a special place. You drive by there, it's, it's situated on the hill, all the flags on the graves. Um, it's pretty remarkable. So as I said, at, at Memorial Days, each of those markers on those graves, to me, are a monument in themselves to freedom. These men and women signed up to serve their nation, understanding that they were signing a blank check, giving everything, including their life, if need be. And there have been many veterans that served during peacetime because it was, there were no issues going on. There are many that passed in service in the nation. And on Memorial Day, those are the specific ones you remember. But you also remember the veteran that then came home and, and went on with their life and did some great things in their communities and eventually were, call, were called home to the Lord. So we remember them as well. Memorial Day, they say Memorial Day... Uh, vicinity the week before, week after is when like almost 90% of cemetery visitation happens for all families, uh, which is a nice thing. So the cemetery looked great. We got a proud history and tradition of military service in our nation. And uh, we had a great turnout. I was really proud of the people of Quincy coming out because there's really nothing more they can give than their presence, right? I mean, mm, that's uh, right. so it's, it's important for the living veterans to see that. Um, so I was so moved at that, um, at that service, that, that memorial, that I drove to Medford and saw my grandfather, uh, my grandfather, Meffa. Meffa. I went to Meffa, where my mother is from. My, my father's side is from Southie. Okay. But my uh, my mother's from Meffa, and I saw my grandfather, and I know you're looking at me saying, Mark, you're so young. I mean, I'm younger than you are. Yes, you are. I am. <laughs> By a couple of months. By a few months, yeah. You look older, but yeah, we won't exactly get into that. <clears throat> my birthday's tomorrow, you know. Happy birthday. Thank you. But but uh, Take the day off. Thanks. <laughs> You're you're a swell guy, yeah, yeah, but you you you'd say to yourself, now Mark, you couldn't have a grandfather that was born in the 1800s. Well, I did. My grandfather was born in 1893. He was 40 when he met my grandmother, mm-hmm. so he was a lot older. And I don't want to get into that story. I'll tell you about my uncle Grandpa later. But, hey, hey, the grandfather <laughs> he was born in the uh, 1880s. Really? Yeah. Wow, you are old. I am. But I but he was he served in World War One in the trenches and okay. he received the Purple Heart and it was. I was so moved by our event that I drove to Medford to go see to go see him, and I saw my mom and my and my uncles and aunts and my other uncle who died in World War II. It was really quite a. You saw the graves. Day. I saw the graves. Yeah. Yes, I did. It was nice to visit. It was, it was a miracle if you saw them. Say a little prayer. It was good. So uh, nice, nice. Uh, so this coming Sunday is the police memorial. That's correct. So traditionally, each year, the weekend after Memorial Day, the police department holds the Betterment Association holds a Memorial Day service. So it's a a little bit of a parade, a march. It's basically the department marching down to the cemetery, to the police memorial that's there, and there's a ceremony held there. And then the following week, the firemen do the same. They have a fireman's memorial at Mount Wollaston. They, they do it within the cemetery, a march to the grave. And they, each department honors those that this had passed this past year that served in the department and certainly remember those that uh, had gone before them and paved the way. And a lot of the, the retirees, old-timers come back and and say hello. It's a little bit of a reunion for them, which is nice to see. Um, so yeah, this Sunday I'll be joining them in their march from the courthouse down to Mount Wollaston, the police department. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to 
to remember what they do each and every day. You know, I, I know, Mark, when we just were going on to do this podcast, uh, news was breaking in Braintree, the mm-hmm. town just south of us, and uh, the report is two officers in Braintree were shot in a domestic. Uh, the canine was with them, was shot and killed. One of the officers was critical or is in critical condition. Uh, I believe the suspect has has died um, as part of this. And I, I guess the point is, uh, I know over the past more than a year now, the police departments across the country have been under scrutiny, and some of them rightfully so. But I, but I think we make the mistake of of judging everybody for you know a few people's actions. Just you know, this I don't care what profession you're in. There's there's always a uh, a bad apple or two, and and they give everybody a bad name. The reality is, um, you know, we have an outstanding department in Quincy. Mm-hmm. They're very well educated. They're very well trained. They do an outstanding job day in, day out. And I don't think people realize until you see an incident like this. They mm. call to a domestic. And, and I know in talking to guys over the years, they come to that door. In many cases, the wife calls because the husband's physically abusing her. They get to the door. The wife turns on the police, don't want the husband arrested. He gets violent. I mean, it's a very tricky, dangerous situation, particularly if there's a weapon in the house. Mm, yeah. So, you know, there's so much that the police department, police members see each and every day. They see the worst in people in yeah. society and have to deal with that to keep civil order. I mean, think about that. So I think that the, um, the discussion nationally has been greatly exaggerated about uh, how policemen and women performing their duties. I can tell you that I am so damn proud of the men and women of Quincy and the job they do each and every day. Yeah. Are they perfect? No. But I tell you, it's an outstanding department, and um, you know, I stand with them, particularly Sunday. Let them know that we're there. We're there to be supportive. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have people that are safe in their person, in their home, in the community, the, ho- the community goes down pretty quickly. And we've seen that. Yeah. In the inner cities of the big cities across this country, and and what is the what is the counter to that? Oh, you need to spend more in education. That's what we're doing. Mm. You need to spend more on policing. That's what we're doing. We're we're doing those things that would be a model to those inner cities and what ought to be done. So, but they do. They put their life on the lines. I know they Mike, do. Mike Chesna from Weymouth. It was a couple of years ago. I just saw his wife Cindy at an event here in Quincy. Not very long very ago. sad. And then, but he left his he left in the morning, kissed his wife and kids goodbye, and went to work. And you just never know. That's how much they. And then he was shot that day. And uh, these yeah. our hearts and prayers are out with the with the Braintree Police Department today. And those that absolutely, were, that were absolutely. And um, you know, folks, don't be don't be judgmental because of one or two bad cases we see nationally. Is uh, I, I believe the number is that there's been 120 law enforcement officers killed across this country to date this year. That's pretty significant. You know, it's amazing. The line of duty. So, well, we remember that. We hope everybody has a great weekend. I think that's a good note to to end on, Mayor. What do you think? Sounds good. Enjoy the way. Hey, we got graduations coming up Monday and Tuesday. That's Congratulations right. to our seniors. We'll talk next week we'll about that. We'll talk them. next week about that. Take care, Mayor.